0: So it's just my honor and privilege to share the word with you guys this morning. And if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, we're going to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. If you don't have a Bible with you, then you're going to be okay. They're going to have the cheat screen up there for you. If you have come to Joy Church for more than probably five minutes hear about connect groups who has heard about our connect groups been in the connect group experienced the connect group we are launching connect groups next sunday february 10th and we are so excited we love connect groups they really are just the heart and soul of who we are as a church and for that reason we wanted to take two weeks to just talk about what are these we use a phrase all the time in our church that says group is Five. now do you really know that or are you cheating because i just noticed it's out there Hopefully you really knew that. We use this phrase, group is life. Uh, But we want to take the next two Sundays in a short mini-series called Group is Life to look at why do we love connect groups? Why do we believe in connect groups? Why do we do this? You know, the church I think is around 37 or 38 years old. It's been around a lot longer than I've been on this planet alive. And connect groups have been something that have been at the heart of our church since the very beginning. They might have had different names. I think they started as home groups and then they were cell groups, which kind of sounds like a prison group. Um, Then they were small groups and now they are connect groups but really they're the same thing. And it's, it's not just kind of a, a cool strategy we've looked at and thought, wow, that'd be awesome to have these groups. But we wanna take the next two weeks to look at in the Bible, why do we believe in these so strongly? Why do we really believe that connect groups are an integral part, not just a good part, and not even just an important part, but an essential part to our lives as believers? Um, I don't want, I really don't, I'm not interested in just giving you like, oh, here's some fun reasons why you should join a connect group. I want you to see from God's word this morning why it's an essential part in our lives as believers. How's that sound? Sound good? We're gonna read this if you have your Bible, Acts chapter two, verse 42, and it says this. And they which is the new church. And very briefly, I, I should have explained it before we started reading the text. Um, Acts 2 is an amazing story. We've just seen Jesus has died on the cross, he's been buried, he's come back to life, he's raised from the dead, and he told the disciples, wait, because I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit upon you. And if you know Acts chapter two, it's an amazing story. The Holy Spirit descends on the 120 in the upper room and 3,000 people get saved in one day. That's a pretty good Sunday, right? Um, one of these Sundays, we're gonna say, man, 3,000 people were saved. At joy church on a Sunday morning. Um, but 3,000 people are added to the church. The church is birthed in this just incredibly explosive environment, and these are the words. Um, the Bible gives us kind of the narrative of this is what happened, and they were together, and they were praying, and the Holy Spirit fell, and Peter preached a sermon, and 3,000 people got saved. But then it pauses, and it gives us a, a description. What did this primitive Christianity look like? Like if you were to go back to the very, very beginning of what it looked like to be a Christian, this is what you're going to see. Acts 2.42. They, this brand new church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. I just love these verses. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And here's an amazing thing that happened at the end of it. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Could you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you for this just beautiful opportunity and privilege to gather as brothers and sisters in Christ before you this morning. Lord, I thank you for every single person, God, that you would speak to us. That right now, Lord, our hearts would be open to hear your voice. That God, I don't know how every person walked in this morning, maybe they came in brokenhearted, maybe they came in tired, maybe they came in stressed, maybe life is going great, maybe it's not going great. I don't know what they walked in with this morning, but Lord, I pray that you would meet every single one of us at your word. That God, we would behold you in the word, you would give us strength. God, that you would give courage to every single heart and that Jesus, above all else, you would be honored and glorified in us and through us. We love you, and we invite you in this place right now. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Now this morning, we're going to break down those verses that we just saw in Acts chapter 2. But before that, I want us to look at a few really important points that we have to kind of answer these questions before we come to Connect Group. The first one they're going to put up there is that preaching and corporate gathering, what we're doing right now, is an essential part of the church. What I'm not trying to do this morning is to persuade you, never show up on a Sunday again, you know? Like, okay, we're shutting down Sunday mornings and now we're just doing small groups. That is not the point. We see all throughout the Bible, and I read it in first service, but it's a long passage. You can write it down to check it yourself. Second um, Timothy three sixteen and 17 is just an amazing picture of how integral God's word is to our life as a church. It says it's inspired by God. It's the very words of God, and right after that, Paul commands Timothy a young pastor saying now here's what I want you to do with this powerful book three words that changed I guess the course of the church forever he says preach the word We cannot neglect this right here, what we're doing, coming together to not just worship and not just praise God, but to corporately hear the word of God preached. This is integral. Like we're not a church if we don't have that. Does that make sense? Um, We see in Hebrews chapter 10, um, the writer says, Do not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some. We have to realize before we come, even the small groups or connect groups, that what we're doing right now is integral to the church. And sometimes in American, I don't know if I'd say not American Christianity, you hear phrases, but you always have to go back to the Bible to make sure it's biblical. Does that make sense? Um, And I've heard a lot of people go, man, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. Now that's a very unbiblical thing to say. That's like me talking to one of the guys in the church and saying, Drew, I love you, but I hate your wife, Melanie. That's not really gonna work, right? The church is Jesus' bride. He gave his life for his church and in the New Testament, even right here in Acts chapter two, there are no Christians that aren't part of a local church. Now you could always make a hypothetical situation, like what if I was the only person on a desert island all by myself? Then you could start a church and you could be the pastor of that church and you could still be in a church, right? But in the New Testament, we do not see Christians apart from local church. To be a Christian was to be a part of this church. And we see that even right here in Acts chapter two, it says day by day, they were attending the temple together. They were worshiping together. They were gathering together. That's a huge, important, integral part of what we do as believers. But here's what I want us to focus on today. The second point is this, what we're doing, preaching and corporate gathering is not the only part of the church. Just gathering together corporately, when we look back at this kind of primitive beginning of Christianity, that wasn't the only thing that they did. And we saw that in Acts chapter 2. They were tending the temple together, but what else were they doing? They were studying the scriptures. They were having fellowship together, taking communion, worshiping the Lord house to house. And some people call this, if you want an easy way to remember it, the 20-20 principle. Out of Acts chapter 20, verse 20, Paul said this, I want to remind you brothers how I did not shrink back from declaring to you anything that was profitable. I taught you in public, in settings like this, and I taught you house to house. Really, Connect Groups are us just doing our best job. Not a perfect job, but to say in the New Testament, Christianity was not just individual. It wasn't just, I serve Jesus all by myself, and it wasn't just corporate gathering. Okay, I guess we all just gather together once a week on Sunday, but to be a Christian in the New Testament was that you would do life in community. You would do life in fellowship with other believers, not just together corporately once a week, but you would do this house to house. And this morning, three simple things I want us to see from this, and then we'll jump in. It's number one, I want us to see why biblically you and I need connect group in our lives. Um, It really is a need that we're gonna see from the scripture why our Christianity will be deficient if we don't gather in small groups, if we don't encourage one another and love each other the way the New Testament teaches us to. But number two, I don't want this just to be like you go to the doctor and he says, man, you really should eat healthy. We all know that's the truth, right? Um, But many times he goes, yeah, I know I should eat healthy and I should exercise. Like I know I need that. But I want you to see why biblically you also want Connect Group. I want to show you from God's word just the beauty that is there. Because Connect Group isn't like medicine that you have to choke down. It is the very life of what it means to be a follower of Jesus together in community. And last but not least, I want you to see why your Connect Group needs you. Why your Connect Group is not enough without you being a part of it. So, this morning, I want us to see five reasons why we all need Connect Group. The very first one that we're going to see from Acts chapter 2 is that you and I, we all need other passionate Jesus followers in our lives to help us grow and help us obey the Bible. We see in Acts chapter 2 that God never designed the Christian life to be done alone. He wanted it to be done in community. Now at Connect Group, I get this from you know the, the apostles' teaching. It says they devoted themselves first and foremost to the apostles' teaching. What does it look like for us today? To God's word, when we gather in small groups, at the end of the day, my opinions aren't that great. Um, I heard a phrase that's kind of I guess it's kind of bad. It says opinions are like armpits. Everybody has them, but most of them stink. Um, <laughs> sorry if that offended you. I apologize. Um, Connect group at the end of the day isn 't even just about us getting together and talking about our opinions about what we even think about the bible it 's twofold it 's us learning what does god 's word say every single connect group we have all kinds of connect groups. we have connect groups that meet early in the morning, connect groups that meet in the afternoon in the evening. we have men 's groups and women 's groups and youth groups and kids' groups and couples' groups and singles groups, every kind you can imagine if they're, if you don 't have a connect group, then we, we have a promise we 'll start one that fits your unique needs um, <clears throat> But at the end of the day, we're gathering around the word of God to learn it. But not just to learn it. We are gathering around the word of God to live it out. And this is why you and I can't do this on our own. We need each other. We all have blind spots. And if you don't think you have a blind spot, your blind spot is probably not seeing your blind spot. We need each other to do this thing. I can't tell you how many times God has rescued me in this community of of examining his word with other brothers and sisters in Christ, but they're helping me. There's times they're saying, Johnny, your attitudes here aren't matching up with the attitude of Christ. I go oh you 're right, you know there 's times that i 'm working through something it 's difficult, and I say, Guys, could you help me? Could you help me keep me accountable in this area? or even times no one says a thing. The small group person is just teaching the lesson, and god 's working on me johnny that 's an area you need to grow johnny that 's an area that you can change. We need each other God didn 't design it that we would do this by ourselves, and I think many people for honest, many Christians that I meet that maybe They're not fulfilled at the deepest level of who they are. Even their experience in church maybe isn't as fulfilling as they want it to be. I think it's because at the most fundamental level, we've taken half of what it means to be a Christian and we've gotten rid of it. If you think about in our culture, excuse me, What's normal is service starts at 11, so at 10.59, I, I squeeze in, and right when service is over, I'm out, right? Maybe I know they're going to get up and give the announcements, and they're going to remind me to do growth track and connect group again after service, like they do, every week. So I'm going to squeeze in, I'm going to squeeze out. I don't want to talk to anybody, I don't want anybody to talk to me, like I just got to get my time with Jesus, and that's all. And that's not a bad thing. Like we saw that this corporate gathering we do together is so vital to what it means to be a Christian. But I believe God has so much more for us. He has real community, real relationship. And I think back to just some experiences I had maybe in Southeast Asia or in Asia with missions trips or teams we've gone with the church. I remember once being in a South Asian country. They have a picture, but don't put it up there yet. Um, I remember it it was late at night, almost 11 at night. And I'm American, right? We have our personal space. We have, I do this by myself. I'm going to get up and do my devotions all alone. I'm going to seek Jesus by myself. I'm going to do my private Bible study. And the way they did Christianity was so different. And it opened up my eyes to think maybe there's more available for us than what we know of here, maybe in the States. Remember, it was almost 11 at night. And they say, Brother Johnny, would you like to come to evening prayer? And I go, what? They go, we're going to pray from 11 to midnight. And I go, okay, that sounds good. I'll come to evening prayer. And I didn't know what to expect. I come in this room that's absolutely jam-packed. And they can put a picture of them up there if they have it. Jam-packed with all these guys seeking the Lord together. It wasn't, you know, you you have a hard time finding me in that photo, right? (laughs) Um... Now these are some of the most amazing men of God I've ever met in my life. Every one of those guys is gonna go risk their life to plant a church in a country where it's very dangerous to be a Christian, every single one. They're never probably gonna have any money. They're gonna have probably difficult lives, risking their lives daily, but their Christianity, they could take it away so you're not distracted. Their Christianity was so much together. So it's 11 at night and we're praying together and we're worshiping together and we're singing together and we're reading the scriptures together and all of a sudden they go, "But journey is going to be sharing the word with us tonight what a, ble- a blessing and I'm like nobody informed brother Johnny that he was supposed to share the word tonight <laughs> and so I'm like praying I'm like God give me a word like what do I even have to say to these guys they are such amazing men of God and we we, we finished the prayer meeting and they go good evening brothers we would see each other at five in the morning for a morning prayer and I go what do you mean 5 a.m. morning prayer I'm like I'll drop the accent. They're like, we're going to gather together to pray again, together at 5 a.m. And I go, really? They go, yeah, we got to do this before work and before the business of life sets in. And we're so American. We think, oh, morning prayer, like get by yourself, get your Bible all alone. No, worshiping together and praying together and praying for one another and helping each other and championing each other. And what did they do after that? They went to do life together and eating meals together and fellowshipping together and evangelizing together and doing church ministry together. Now if I was to ask you which one of those pictures, I remember being in a little village in the middle of nowhere, Cambodia, and just at like 5 a.m., all of these extremely poor farmers would gather together to pray and seek God together. And then they worked, and in the evening, they would gather again together to seek God. I remember being there thinking, this is different than everything I've ever known. This is different than the picture maybe I've seen of American Christianity. But when you look back at Acts chapter 2, which one of those kind of Christian experiences probably looks more close to what's happening in the Bible? And I do not want to teach anything just out of personal experience, but I left there thinking, you know what? Their Christianity looks a bit more like Acts chapter 2, like the way this thing started a lot more than what my life looks like. Just me, all by myself, cloistered off, serving Jesus all alone. And I can tell you the fruit of their lives is the same thing we're gonna get to at the end in Acts chapter two, is that they had gone from one church meeting in like a basement. They have in in one lifetime, like 40 or 50 years, they've seen over a thousand churches planted. Nearly, I think it's 100,000 people in their churches in just 40 or 50 years from one little church in a basement. Like it's working doing life together, and I would urge that you and me, this is the way that God made it, the beauty and the life is found in not just seeking Jesus all on our own, but in seeking the Lord together. So point number one, why do I think that we all need a connect group? It's because we need other passionate Jesus followers in our lives to help us learn this word and help us obey this word. Number two, and I wish we could talk on this one longer, but we gotta pass over it pretty quickly, is that you and I can't truly obey the Bible all by ourselves. That might sound like kind of a radical quote, um, but I wanted to put up a chart. Many of the New Testament commands, when Jesus tells us what it means to be a Christian, these commands are things you can't do by yourself. And this is kind of an interesting concept to me at least. There are so many commands that are one another, and I'm not gonna read all of them to you. I wish I could, but I'll give you a sampling. It says love one another. There's probably 15 different references to that. Serve one another. Accept one another Strengthen one another help one another encourage one another care for one another forgive one another submit And it just goes on and on and on and on you can't do that by yourself You can't love one another all by yourself You can't encourage one another all by yourself. You know a famous quote I believe by C.S. Lewis. He says two things that you can't do alone You can't be married alone, and you can't be a Christian alone. We need each other. Like just from the very start, the way that God built this thing is that we would be in community. We would be in relationship, loving each other, and serving each other. And if I can be honest, this is when Christianity gets real, but it's also when Christianity gets hard. Because this, what we're doing right now, is really, really easy. You know, we're singing, I raise a hallelujah. You know, you're just like, oh man, it's me and Jesus. and This is amazing, right? But then when you get, actually get close to another believer, you're like, they bother me. Yeah. They get on my nerves. Like, they do things. They say things that don't sound like Jesus. Like, this is when the commands that G- Jesus gave us actually make sense. Like, the majority of one another's in the Bible was get along with one another. Now that's 21st century vernacular. But even in Philippians, we just studied that book a few months ago. um, Chapter four, it's just amazing. It's talking about the beauty of Jesus and Paul's self-sacrificial life. And then he says like Utica and Sintica, I don't know how to say their names. He goes, girls, get along. He goes, you've been laboring for the gospel and now you're fighting. Get along, girls, stop bickering, stop arguing because that's what real Christian life looks like. If I can be honest, um, so I lead a junior high guy small group and last night we had a movie night just for fun, getting together, watching a movie. Um, and I'm like their small group, you know, connect group leader and you know, loving Jesus and it's supposed to be a good example. And one of the guys, we were watching a movie, was eating popcorn so loud and in a horrible manner that was this I don't even know how you could eat popcorn that disgusting, I'm gonna be honest for a minute, okay? And I'm sitting there and we're watching the show and just I'm like, I'm like, be patient. Hmm. Be patient. Literally, he'd take a popcorn, and I've never seen someone enjoy popcorn as much as this, and I don't even, I'm never bothered by people's eating noises, never. And I, I know this is a petty example, but it's an example. And he takes half the popcorn. And then he's like, sucking on the popcorn and crunching the popcorn and looking at the popcorn. And I was just praying, God, let the popcorn be done. Please. And I'm like, he, he's been eating that for 30 minutes straight. The bowl has to be empty. And I looked, and the bowl was half full. <laughs> and I finally thought, I'm just like, God, help me. Like, why am I so bothered? Like, you know, and I could have found a reason to be bothered by every person. Like, you're making a mess in my house. You're being stinky. You're talking during the movie. Like, there was a thousand reasons to be bothered by each other, but that's community. And I think this is where God really, really sanctifies us. When we learn to be patient with one another. And we learn to love one another. And we learn what it means to bear each other's, each other's burdens. That doesn't happen without community. Because the Bible really talks about us. You know what we are? We're a family. And you don't just get to throw family away. You don't just choose, you know what, I don't like my parents, so I'm just a disparent, and I'm like, no, you're kind of stuck with them forever. And I have a joke. I'm like, whatever Christian bothers you the most, on planet earth i think god's gonna make them your roommate in heaven forever (laughs) he's like you didn't work it out on earth you're gonna work it out in eternity we got time you know it's an eternal counseling session but like if we can be real this is where even we're sanctified and god makes us more christ-like when someone in our group is walking through something difficult and we learn what it means to bear their burdens. And week after week after week in a group when they can be honest and sharing their struggles and sharing their burdens and we might think why don't you just get over it? Why don't you just beat this thing? You've been struggling with that for two years, but we learn what it means to pray for them and to suffer long with them and to have compassion and to have love. We can't do this Christian life, not just on our own, but we can't actually obey what God's commanded us to do all by ourselves. Number three, um, each of us needs good, godly Christianity. Not Christianity, I get the wrong word. Good, godly community and family, (laughs) sorry. You and I need good, godly community and family. You know, I was talking with Pete Miller. He sent me some articles. Um, Non-Christian scientists are saying that probably the most pressing, biggest need of our society is people who struggle with loneliness. They have a new term called chronic loneliness, and they say up to 75% of, of Americans are struggling every single day with this condition called chronic loneliness. Now, here's what struck me is that I really believe we have an answer which I'll give you for chronic loneliness, but scientists are now trying to develop a pill that takes away the effects of chronic loneliness. And here's what the study, the finding was this. Loneliness has the same impact on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, making loneliness even more dangerous than obesity. Doctors are saying nowadays that being lonely will kill you faster than being obese. But I really don't believe taking a pill to get rid of your loneliness is the answer. I really believe that God called us into a Christian community, into a Christian family where we don't just show up on Sundays and worship side by side, but we really do life together. And I think if we're honest, I think every one of us has this deep longing in our heart for community. You know, as I read these studies, it just blew my mind because they're saying right now in America, we are the most connected that society has ever been but we're also the most depressed, suicidal, fractured lonely that we've ever been. Facebook doesn't really meet the need that we have in our heart for community, if we're honest. You know, seeing everybody's highlights on Instagram stories really doesn't meet the deepest longing in your heart for people who love you, and people who know you, and people who care about you. And I would encourage you, you don't just need Connect Group, but I believe that Connect Group is God's answer to a lonely world. And I was thinking about, I just wish I could tell some of those scientists, like, come to my connect group and you're gonna find life. Like, you're gonna find an answer. It's not just in the group, it's in Jesus, but it's in real community where we know each other. We know each other's problems. You know what you're going through. Like, I would encourage you, do you have people in your life that at 2 a.m., when your world's falling apart, who do you have that you could just call up? Who do you have that's really there? You know, in the New Testament, to become a Christian usually meant having to be separated from your family, deep persecution. And what was God's answer? It wasn't leaving your, your family so you could suffer from chronic loneliness. It was, it might cost you your physical family, but you will find real community and real family in the house of God. And I would encourage you, this is where Connect Group gets so fun. You know, I think about Thursday morning, I gathered with like four or five just amazing brothers in this house, and it was so just fun. Guys that know me, they know the best parts of my life, but they also know the worst parts of my life. Like, they know the, the most amazing parts of me, but they also know the cranky before Johnny. Our meeting was at 6.30 a.m., you know? Um, they know the worst. They know my strengths. They know my weaknesses, but they love me. And I can come in that room with no insecurity, saying these guys, they already know the best of me and the worst of me, but they love me, and they care about me, and they're rooting for me, and they're cheering me on, there's community. And I can't tell you how many people I meet that just suffers, and I'm so lonely. I feel so isolated. I feel like nobody cares. I feel like nobody loves me. I would encourage you. Connect Group is a place where you can find love. Maybe not like that sounded like E eHarmony. Um, maybe if you go to one of the young adult groups where they're singles. I'm a youth pastor, sorry. You know, you never graduate from this. There's weeks and just to be vulnerable, but I'm just lonely and I go to connect group and I'm maybe not even looking forward to like, we're gonna have deep exegesis. I'm like I just need to hang out with some people that love Jesus. I need prayer and I need encouragement. I need people that are gonna support me. You know, I was talking to somebody in the church who was just saying, you know, I never thought I'd be lonely, but my, my season of life changed and kind of job, all this stuff, and I'm just crying out from the inside out just to have friends and community. I was talking to another couple in the church that is new and they're just saying, man, like we've had no friends for so long and we're so excited to finally have friendship. I'd encourage you, if you long for community, I really believe group is a place that you're gonna find that. Um, and I didn't, that was from, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, but they also devoted themselves to fellowship in Acts chapter two. I already hit on this. Not only do we need good godly community and family, but we need real relationship, accountability, and vulnerability. I think I gave so many examples. You know, on a Sunday morning, you hear a sermon, and you just know, that's for me. You guys ever had that moment? Like, that's an area I need to work on. That's God speaking to me. On a Sunday morning, it's so easy, we can just sneak out um, and go, wow, that, I really need to do something, but I'm just going to sneak out. Whereas in a connect group environment, you have a place where you can be vulnerable, where you can share. Like, I'm not going to ask you to come up this morning after service and like, share your deepest struggles and problems. You're not going to be asked to do that at a connect group either. But a place where people can not only just love you, but we all know that real love means when you're doing something that doesn't match up with Jesus' teaching, when we're living outside the biblical standards, real community looks like calling you back to the truth. And I'm so thankful that in these connect group structures, I have brothers in my life and people that when I'm not thinking straight, they tell me. They say, Johnny, the way you're thinking is not Christ-like. Or if there's a part of my life that's outside of the Bible, it's just not, not doing good, even if I know it, it's so helpful to have guides say, why are you talking in that way? Why are you acting that way? And not just, not just in a way they're bringing it onto me, but guides I can come and I can say, here's where I'm really at. Here's where I really need help. I think we were in a connect group, I think it was last semester. And there's a funny example, but we were talking about this idea that many of us, um, we, we only think about ourselves, we only talk about ourselves. So in that group, that was our discussion topic. And it turned out like everybody in the group was struggling with that. So one of the people said, how about we make a challenge? And our challenge is this week to think about and talk about ourselves less and think about and talk about others more. It seems like a small thing, right? But we are studying Philippians chapter two, which said count others more significant than yourselves. So the next morning I wake up and I go to work. What's the thought of my mind? Next week, I'm gonna have to give an account to my group of how I did. was our homework and it it challenged me it helped me throughout that whole week thinking you know what number one i just want to obey the bible number one i just want to obey jesus but number two having people in my life who are going to help me who are going to keep me accountable that is such a strength for you to grow in jesus you know um i love running i'm training for a marathon right now and i was watching this runner from africa he's like world-class crazy amazing runner Um, and he said nobody gets good at running by themselves He says, you can be an okay, mediocre runner on your own. He says, if you want to be great, he says, the only way you'll ever be great is to get good runners around you that will push you beyond what you can push yourself. Um, And these guys were from Kenya, and in some of the world's most famous marathons, this group of training guys were getting 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, ninth, 10th place. Even though they are only separated by a few milliseconds, because they said there will be times when you can't take one more step forward, and the only thing that keeps you going is those guys around you that say, don't you quit. And they said, there will be times and these guys, I mean, maybe it doesn't matter to you, they're running like marathons at four minutes and a couple of seconds per mile for 26 miles, it's insane. I mean, they're running the fastest it's ever been before. And he just says, it's impossible to be a great runner by yourself. And I remember I was watching that and I thought, you know what, that's so much what the early church had. I think it's, is it impossible to be a passionate Jesus follower all by yourself? I don't know if it's impossible, I think it's very difficult. And not only do I think it's very difficult, I think it's very outside of the way God designed us. God designed this thing that when you're running and you get discouraged, somebody in your group says, don't quit. Don't be discouraged. When you want to get bitter, when you want to get hurt, when you want to just turn inward, someone in your group says, hey, why don't you forgive? Remember what Jesus said. That's the same thing that we're doing. And Thursday morning, what well, were us brothers doing? It felt like we're, our marathon training, just don't you quit. You, don't be discouraged. You're doing better in this area than you think. And this is the place I'm struggling. Guys, keep me accountable, texting each other. That's what happens in that group context. And the very last thing, I think the worship team is gonna come out here, is that Connect Group is where your personal needs will be met and where you will help meet the needs of others. We see in Acts chapter two, they devote themselves to the breaking of bread and prayers just that, that Christ-like kind of community. But then they also, it says this, they were selling their possessions and their belongings. and They were distributing their proceeds to all as any had need. I think this is something so beautiful about this community in Acts chapter two. It's the kind of community that we have here and I just long to be a part of. Because we're in a connect group. People really genuinely just love each other. And they care about each other. You know, I think about how many times in our church, you know, a woman's having a baby. What happens? The connector just gathers around, and you've probably seen meal trains on Facebook. And they say, man, we're all going to gather together and make meals. It might seem like a small step, but you don't know the testimonies that come out of that. Of, I think of one, maybe unbelieving husband that says, why are the Christians bringing us food every single night? Like, why are they doing that? doesn't make sense. Like, they're taking their time, and, and, I, and this is a real story I'm thinking of in my mind right now. And it was a witness to the world of the love that we have for one another. Those times when when you're not doing too good. Maybe when you've wandered away and you have a group of people that love you and they're praying for you, they're caring for your soul. Maybe you're in the hospital, people that come to visit you. The early church, it was this community that were united by their love for Jesus. And they loved him, but their love for him caused them to love each other. And because that they were meeting each other's needs. And I love this about Connect Group. You know, I hear about so many times, there's maybe a person in the Connect Group that's struggling financially, don't have food. What happens? Those people say, man, if we all gave 10 bucks, maybe we could help this person get food. Or if we all just got the cans out of our pantry, we could provide for this person for a couple weeks so they could get back up on their feet. Or times, even our own guys' groups where one guy says, man, we don't have money for clothes. And another guy says, man, I have way too many clothes. And he just brings a bag of clothes and gives it to somebody. I remember one of our junior high girls groups. It's like my favorite story ever. There was a young girl that just came from a rough family and she didn't have clothes, like didn't have, it was just a rough situation. She had some clothes. So these junior high girls gathered together and the junior high girls, like 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, put their money together and said, we can buy her clothes. Like if she doesn't have clothes, we can do that. At the end of the day, connect group is about us loving each other and meeting each other's needs. But also, I would encourage you God has put treasure inside of every one of you that he wants to come out in meeting other people's needs. You know, the, the church isn't about superstars. This isn't Super Bowl Sunday in the church in the sense of, we have one amazing Christian in church and we all worship that person. That's not how it is, we're a body. You might be the hands, I might be the feet, somebody else might be the spleen. I don't know what you are, but we're a body and we need each other. You think about those one another's. If you're not loving one another, who is? If you're not at group encouraging one another, who is? We're a body. And not only do you need group to care for you, but your group needs you to help care for other people. I love when people go through Growth Track. In our Growth Track, one of the, two of the sessions is finding out your spiritual gifts and finding out just your strengths, even at just as a leader in different things. It's amazing. If you haven't done Growth Track, I'd encourage you to start today. It ends by 1.15. Super Bowl doesn't start until 3.30, so you're fine. But I love sitting in girl track with people and somebody goes, man, like, I always knew I cared about people, but I didn't know that might've been like a pastoral gift. Like, what do you mean you didn't know that? And they go, well, all I knew was just, I think about people and I worry about them. And I just, if I'm worried about them, I text them and I pray for them. And I go, yeah, like that's a gift from God that he's given you. And where's that gonna function? It functions in the small group. When you might say, hey, so-and-so, you've been on my mind all week. I've just been praying for you. I've had these kind of things happen so often. They start crying, you have no idea what kind of week I had. And you were the answer to their prayer. You know, talking to people that say, why don't we have spiritual gifts? And maybe they go through growth track and they go, well, what does it mean to be hospitable? And I go, we talk about it and they go, I never knew that the fact that I just love to open up my house and feed people food. I didn't know that was a spiritual gift. They go, yeah, that's right here in the Bible. Caring for people and feeding them and being hospitable. Every single one of us, the Bible says, to each one is given. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you have a gift to give your small group and the whole church. And the beauty of connect groups is when it's not about one person. Well, our connect group has the super Saint Lisa. Like, no, that's not how it works. It's our connect group is a gathering of normal, ordinary Christians that love each other. And we encourage one another and we sacrifice our love for one another. And what's the fruit? The fruit in Acts chapter two of this kind of church is that every single day people are being saved. And they were added to the church. And that's the fruit we want to see. Jesus said that the world will know that we are his disciples by what? The love that we have one another, for one another. Do you know that the best picture of Jesus we can give the world starts with loving one another, starts with encouraging one another, starts with forgiving one another, and starts with saying, you know what? This is my family and in a small group where I can, where we can do this together. I'm gonna give my life to love these people. I'm gonna give my life to sacrifice for these people. And, and God designed it this way, that it's gonna be probably the happiest, most joyful, fun place you're gonna go all week. He designed it so that in community, you're getting what you need. You're getting strength and you're getting life. But he also designed it that not one person is left out of helping others. And I don't care if maybe, even if you're brand new, you might say, I've never even been to a connect group. Just you being there, happy, showing up, you have something to give to every single person. And as we love each other, the world is gonna look and say, man, why are those Christians love so deeply? Why are those Christians so kind to each other? They get in these groups and there's just so much life happening there. And the world will see Jesus' love for us, but they're gonna see Jesus' love through us. It doesn't stop in a connector, but It's gonna overflow to the world, but it starts there. Could you bow your head and close your eyes as we begin to close? I love in the book of Revelation, it talks about that Jesus shed his blood, he gave his life to purchase people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Every person matters to Jesus. Whether it's in a big room like this or a small room, I like a connect group, every single person matters so much to Jesus. And he loved you, and he loved me so much. The Bible says even though he was perfect and sinless, he'd never done anything wrong. He took our sin upon himself. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. When Jesus gave his life, they crucified him on a cross, and he died there and he was buried in a tomb for three days, but he rose again and he lives. And He died so that you could not just find life here on earth and happiness here on earth, but He died so that you could find eternal life. And I think the most pressing need for us this morning, community is huge. Finding the the answer to our loneliness is huge. But even more than that is every single week in this church, we have people come that don't know Jesus. We have people come that have never given their life to Christ, and every week people come to know Him. I want to give you an opportunity this morning if you have not given your life to Jesus or if you've walked away from Him I want to give you a chance that this morning you would not leave without knowing Him you would not leave without experiencing His eternal life if that's you with every eye closed we're gonna pray with you if you just lift your hand right now if you say man I want to give my life to Jesus Today is my day awesome see that hand awesome see hands all over this place so amazing every week people are coming to know Jesus just want to give you a quick moment anybody else say i want to give my life to christ Today is my day to do that i can promise you the bible says if you call on the name of the lord you will be saved he will not turn you away and that's so amazing church can we pray all together with those who lifted their hands to receive christ say dear lord thank you that you died so i could live jesus thank you that you took my place so i could take yours I'm sorry for my sin and all I've done wrong, and I ask that you would wash me and cleanse me and make me new. You're my Lord, you're my God, and I believe that you're alive. Save me now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, please give a clap for all those that gave their life to Jesus. If you're not in a connect group, I just would remind you right outside these doors to your right, there's a place to find a group. If you're already in a connect group, I'd encourage you this semester, they said, you know what? Whether I'm the leader or not, I'm coming to bring life to my group, to love, to encourage, to strengthen others. And if you're already doing that, you might say, man, I'm already active in my connect group. I'd encourage you to pray and think about, man, maybe it's time that you would step out in faith and take your own group. But I would encourage every single person, I would talking, to Pastor Steve, what's your vision? Our vision is that every single person in the church would be a connect group. That if whatever, if there's 400 of us this morning in church, that then we could get our connect report to say there's 400 people in groups. That's the goal, 100% participation. Could I pray for us as we prepare to go? Father, I thank you for every single person. Lord, I thank you that Jesus, you have died to make us your people. God, that you've invited us into this family. I thank you, Lord, for the blessing community is in my life. God, getting to do life with other brothers and sisters in Christ, with fellow passionate Jesus followers. And I just pray for every single one of us, God, that not one person would walk out of this place feeling overlooked. Not one person would walk out of this place having to go back to loneliness, but God, every person would know there's a place for me. There's a place for me in God's family. God, they could find community, and they could find life right here in your house. God, for every one of us, for the rich and for the poor, for the educated and the uneducated. God, for the widow, for the orphan, God, for the brokenhearted, every single person finds a place in your house. We love you, and we thank you, Jesus, that you have given us this opportunity to be in community. In Jesus' name, amen.